What's up, podcast world? This your girl, Tasha C. On the show, I have an individual recently become a release from federal prison after spending 19 years. This special guest is in hopes that he can enlighten, encourage others from his own personal experiences to disregard a criminal mentality. So you know what, podcast? Without further ado, let me introduce to everyone Greg Robinson, our special guest, as he tells his story through this question and answer episode. What's up, Greg? Hey, how you doing? What's going on? You know what? Man, bless, bless. Right. That's good. You know what, Greg? Before we jump into the to this discussion, let me ask you this. How does it feel to be free, brother? Man, it's truly a blessing. It's truly a blessing to be home after all them years, you know, spending time with my children, my family, my friends, you know, getting back to, you know, living life, you know, sharing and enjoying and embracing life treasures, you know? Right, right. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. You know, and then on the other hand, you know, considering that the state, the world in, you know, it's a sad affair and we all challenge, you know, so, you know, we got to take a realistic approach on life and uh, be grateful and do what we got to do to, you know, stay safe. Right. Because, you know, we in this pandemic, we got to wear these masks. We got to stay with, like you just said, we got to stay safe. Most definitely. Right. So I'm glad you was able to come on the show tonight, Greg. Yeah, truly a pleasure. I've been wanting to do this and. I'm in hopes that uh, I can enlighten, you know, my experience, you know, with others. Right, right, right. And and I know you will be able to. So let's jump right into it. You know what I'm saying? We're going to jump right into it. So you, how old were you when you took on the criminal mentality? Oh, I was young in age. I would say like probably 12, 13, you know, just basically, you know, being around, you know, people, places and things, you know looking through that lens, you know, thinking that everything is glitter and gold, but actually it really wasn't, you know, but I I was at a young age. Right, a young age. You know, a lot of uh, people create that criminal mentality at a young age, so I'm glad you brought that out. Um, So you did 19 years, Greg. Do you feel like you matured while incarcerated? I definitely do, even though I was limited, you know what I'm saying, and didn't have the hands-on approach on, you know, maturing and growing, you know, and, and doing the things that, you know, you know, from a boy to a man experience, you know, but um, just me taking a certain approach, you know, learning and, you know, surrounding myself around conscious and good-hearted individuals, you know, things of that nature, you know. So, yes, right. I, I definitely... Uh, I definitely learned and grown as an individual to my manhood. Oh, okay. Okay. So one question I know, I mean, do you feel like the crime you committed was warranted to 19 years? Oh, I truly don't believe just considering it was a nonviolent crime and the actual, you know, crime, you know, uh, I had a drug case, crack cocaine case. And, uh, Anybody that's conscious of the system know that, you know, that was a draconic law, you know, and things of that nature. 
So it definitely didn't warrant that time. You know, individuals, you know, do violent crime, commit murders, and don't get time like that, you know. So it's just one of them things, but it's a blessing that, you know, I made it through, you know. Right. And that's what's happening. Right. Because I know just looking in the news and reading different things, I see they trying to revamp some of those laws dealing with drug crimes. Have you seen that? Yes, it's been going on for quite some time. A lot has changed, but, you know, it's just, it's been delayed and, you know, and it's just like a cycle, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. So going into your crime and your charge, do you regret committing the crime that landed you in prison? Uh, yes, I do regret it because I could have did something different. You know, I do hear a lot of individuals say, man, they got to do what they got to do to survive, you know, to a degree, which is understandable. But we can also take a different approach. And I wish I would have because I wouldn't have spent all them years incarcerated away from my children and my family and, and the rest of my loved ones. But uh, and giving myself a, a better chance at life, you know, but uh, I definitely regret it. Right. So with you regretting it, do you feel like you were able to uh, get the proper, um, even though you regret it, being locked up, do you think that helped you um, in being able, when you came back, um, being released to really have your stuff together? Uh, yes, I would. I could kind of see what you're saying. Yes, I would. Yeah. I would. I would say, in a sense, you know, considering that, you know, knowing that, you know, the time that I got didn't warrant to, uh, you know, the crime that was committed. But, uh, you know, it was more like, uh, you know, me manning up. You know, you know, I did what I did. I lay. I made my bed. I got to lay in it. You know, that somewhat of approach. You know, but. Uh, I would say that uh, I'm more so regret it, you know. Yeah. So, moving right along, do you believe that you learned deterrence while incarcerated? Yeah, I feel I learned deterrence at an all-time high, you know, a personal experience I had, not to mention just being away from children, family, you know, and uh, not communicating on a regular basis, you know, and it, this all stems from my choices and my decision-making when I created that crime, which landed me in prison, you know, so, and that was the after effects of me uh, experiencing that, you know, being away from family. So, yeah, that was right. very, that was very hard, you know, and not to mention, you know, when you experience different situations in prisons where it's dealing with staff or you're not getting your share due, that's a form of making you want to deter away from doing any type of uh, wrong anymore, you know, so you don't go through that. So, you know, right. I definitely experienced it in different phases throughout the life. Right. So do you have any experiences while incarcerated that helped you become the person you are today? Most definitely, most definitely. 
I actually just simply took the initiative to come in tune with myself, get to learn myself. You know what I'm saying? I raised my standard of living. You know, I, I basically, you know, realized that, you know, man, give myself a chance, you know. I'm worthy, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, creating my foundation based on principles where I embrace integrity. You know, that's something needed when you're going through a transition and change, you know. But uh, that experience alone, uh, knowing uh, that I do away with selfish thinking, you know, it's not all about me. It's about, uh, you know, my children, my family, my friends, and just people as a whole, you know. And uh, me taking the initiative of going to school, learning different things and acquiring different uh, degrees, you know. I just got a few uh, social degrees, but it was definitely an experience that I embraced, you know, things of that nature. So it definitely was an experience that I learned. Right. And I heard you say you gained degrees. Most definitely. Can you tell us what degrees you gained while you were incarcerated? Yeah, when I was in California, you know, feds, they send you everywhere. When I was in California, they had two free colleges, and I definitely took advantage of it. You know, I was able to get a degree in uh, general business, behavior and social science, and American studies from Coastline Community College. That was definitely an experience. Right. And I know y'all just heard what Greg said. He got three associate's degrees. So he didn't just sit in federal prison and wallow in his sorrow. He took advantage. He's letting y'all know that he got three associate's degrees. He took advantage of what they was offering. That's what's up, Greg. Yeah. Anybody who's listening to this podcast should really listen in depth to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's very it's very important that you take initiative, you know, where you want to learn, challenge yourself, put yourself in position where you can create a broad mind, you know, where you can be informative on different things. That's only going to do nothing but enhance your growth and development. And that's very important. Right. That's how, right. I, that's how I played a part in maturing, you know, even though I was limited over them years. That played a big part, you know, taking initiative, going to school, and things of that nature. Right. Did they have any other things that y'all were able to do? I know talking to a few people, they were able to learn skills like making different um, I know some people uh, got into making belts and making different other things that they're able to use when they get out into society. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's different type of uh, classes and programs, you know, that they offer. You know, some institutions is better than others, you know, more advanced. But, you know, they there. You know, a person just got to take initiative and get involved, you know, take a proactive approach. You know, right. that's very important, you know, and it's a blessing that, you know, I, I took that initiative, you know, so. Right. And y'all heard the initiative is the main thing. You have to take the initiative to want to do better while incarcerated. So, Greg, as we continue on at the beginning of. I want to say you probably were indicted. So at the beginning of your indictment process and you were sentenced to all that time, how was your mentality towards the sentence that was imposed upon you? 
Well, my mentality basically was imposed on the fact that I knew I was about to do a lot of time for the most part. You know, I accepted my fate and I knew that I had to do my time constructive, turn it to a game. Old saying, don't let the time do you, you do the time. And that was my approach in the dough. So I'm not going to say it was easy for me to get involved in the different aspects as far as like going to school, taking up different programs, you know, getting off in the different other classes like, you know, ceramics or things of that nature, you know, uh, keeping healthy, you know, making change in diet or whatever it may be, you know. In the dough with that sentence I knew I had, I knew I had to take that initiative. That way I could make it out, you know, stay healthy, self-preservation, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, right. That's the approach I took. And we have right. and men have to take that approach out here too. Right. And you said the main thing, trying to stay healthy, trying to keep your mind right while you incarcerate. Most definitely. And a lot of people don't understand that. You know, um being healthy, keeping your mind right, staying out of trouble and all that stuff. Can you expand on a little bit of uh, staying healthy in when you're incarcerated? Oh, most definitely. You know, you got to think, you know, in such environment, you're already limited, you know, to far as good source, you know, whether if it's your diet intake or, you know, just wherever, you know, the case may be. So, I mean, you got to be conscious, you know, and, uh, you know, not just exercise and try to eat right, but whatever you got access as far as to what that institution offers, you got to take advantage of it, you know, especially when it's dealing with your health, you know. Right. Right. But, you know, in an environment like that, a lot of times, you know, you really got to pay close attention to your health and your well-being because you are so limited. You know, mm-hmm. you can't take it for granted. You just can't eat, have bad eating habits or sit around and don't exercise your heart, you know, where you can get your blood flowing, expand, expanding right. your lungs, just just whatever the case may be when it pertains to your heart, I mean, your health. You just simply have to take the initiative. Right. You know? And this is... So what are some factors that made you change from wanting to have that criminal mentality, Greg? Me becoming receptive to change, I truly would say, and realizing that, you know, I'm a better individual. I got potential to live my life the right way and still be successful, you know, where I don't have to always look over my shoulder, you know, and be amongst you know what I'm saying? Or an environment that will breed malice or what have you, you know? Mm-hmm. And then taking mm-hmm. into account my children, my family, you know, my life is not my own, you know? Right. I feel right. I'm living for others, you know, and I want to live for others and be there, you know? So, them two main things, I would say, played a big part. And, okay, family. And- the children, your health, all that good stuff. They need to hear that, Greg. They need to hear And then that. also, not to mention, just knowing that 
that criminal mentality, I mean, really, there's no longevity in it. We know it's wrong, but at the same time, it's just the thing to do, you know? You know, to do away with such mentality because, I mean, it, it, you know it's wrong and it's just no longevity in it. Right, yeah. right. But when you say it's no longevity in that, do you feel like people, when you say no longevity, they have to realize it, do they realize it before it's too late or do you think it's they're able to grasp it before it's too late? What's your yeah, some man? people uh, experience where it's too late. You know, you might as well say I have. I just spent 19 years in prison. You know, I had the opportunity to take a different approach on life. You know, but uh, some people experience it too late. You know, some people get that chance. But, you know, when I say longevity, I mean, normally, you know, when you live a life of that, you know, it's either incarceration or death for the most part. You know what I'm saying? That's mm -hmm. why I put emphasis on longevity, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just like the energy, you know, you just don't want to experience no energy like that. You know, it's too, right. Know, right. it's just that simple. You know, I, you can't sugarcoat that. You got just this cut and dry, uh, cut and dry matter, you know, yeah, right. it's just like, right. you know, there's more to it, you know, than me changing, raising my standards and uh, for my uh, sake of my children and my kids. It's just, that's not the life to live. And that's why I say if I could turn back the hands of times, I would. Right. And I got a question for you, Greg. Do you feel like people, do you feel like people take on day? Say, for instance, you come from a good family and then you turn into the criminal mentality. Do you think it's a lot more of those people out there or people who are just born into the criminal mentality? Uh, I would say more so a lot of people was born into it. You know, they was raised early childhood, you know, but, you know, in this era of time, you got people from all walks of life, you know, experiencing mm -hmm. crime or experiencing, you know, you know, that type of intent or whatever. But uh, it's definitely, you know what I'm saying, people from all walks of life. But you find more so, I would say, people that uh, was exposed to that at an early age. Because yeah. okay. the average individual, if they older and experience crime, you know, it's like they little run-in, shake them up so much, it's just like they don't want no parts. So, you know, they're... For the most part, you would think they'd get back in line or whatever, but uh, you know, it, it's that's a subject matter on its own. You know, a topic for discussion on its right. own. Right. You know? Right. So, do you feel that there were things that do you feel that there's things that go unnoticed in a prison system? I think the main thing that go unnoticed is negligence, as far as you know, a prisoner getting a fair share due, you know, where it's uh, dealing with legislation or just dealing with the hands-on approach, dealing with, you know, uh, administration or what have you. You know, you see a lot of that, 
you know, and you're probably going to continue to see a lot of that. It's just really the aura of the criminal justice system because you got to think, you know, you're dealing with some of the lowest of the lowest, the most violent, vicious, you know, a person be looked upon as like, yeah, lock him up and throw away the key. So it's like, you know, people that have authority over you, it's like they have to, might have to demonstrate in a certain manner or whatever, or take on a certain approach, whatever it may be, you know, but it's a lot of negligence in that environment. And uh, I think the focus on punishment has been entirely long overdue. You know, it's a different approach that should be taken. And I truly believe rehabilitation is the main one that should be embraced, you know, actually given a chance to change, you know, even though it's up to the individual to take that initiative, like I said before. Right. But let them get the tools to be able to get into rehabilitation. And then if they don't want it, it's on them. I understand. understand. I understand that totally, Greg. So, if you had the opportunity to share an insight, suggestions, or change within the system, what measures would you take? Um, it actually stems back to what I just said, you know. Back in 19, in the early 70s, before these drug laws came about, the whole focus was what the penal institution incarceration was rehabilitation it was emphasis put on that but to shift change and it was more directed towards punishment so that would be my main focus and suggestion i would give that the focus should be more on rehabilitation where they do have them tools you know different programs and things that nature so when a person come back out to society they can be a successful citizen. You know, they don't have to resort right. back to that lifestyle, you know? Right. Get their social security card if they need their birth certificate. Get their birth certificate. Different thing. resources for them. Resources for them. I yeah, it's more to it than uh, resources. It's basically just, you know, even with the supervision, when they're on parole or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. They need to be involved with like social issues, whereas that person can be a good citizen where he's don't have to jeopardize and be put in a situation to even go back to that lifestyle. Right. Right. That's very important, I feel. You know, that that eliminate recidivism rate and all of that. Right, you know? right. So, Greg, last question. What are some of your plans since you've been released? Man, I'm just home, blessed, embracing, you know, the opportunity in spite of uh, the state this world in. You know, I have a few um, uh, plans I would love to partake in and, and actually see myself doing. I know it's going to take time, though. But uh, I have a, a few plans I would love to do. You know, one of them is to basically just give back to the community that I took from. You know, I'm sincere about that. 
and uh, my actions gonna you know speak for itself. You know, uh, I didn't really come on the podcast, you know, to present a certain image or whatever, you know. But uh, that's one of my main things: give back to the community that I took from, and you know, just establish myself, get my life back on track. You know, and do the things I've been wanting to do, you know, as far as regarding my family, my friends, and the community as a whole. Right, right. So, Greg, what words of wisdom would you give to a person that may be listening in right now to help deter them from the system and unlearning that criminal mentality? The best advice I can give them is... evaluate before you demonstrate, you know, Mm, and I say that to say that uh, a lot of times the person don't even know what they're getting themselves into because they just zero in and focus on one thing, but you got to look at the big picture because things come behind one from another, you know, when you take things into account. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to real quick read this little quote. It's real Go quick. Ahead. I'm going to read it real quick. The copyright on this book is 90. I want to say 90. 91. It's called Waking the Giant Within, Anthony Robbins. And he says right here, focus is not true reality because it's one view. It's only one perception of the way things really are. Think of that view, the power of our focus as being a camera lens. The camera lens shows only the picture and angle of what you are focused on. Because of that, photographs you take can easily distort reality, presenting only a small portion of the big picture this is saying right there in other words we have to we just can't zero in and focus on certain things we got to have a broad mind and take a more uh outlook and and where we thinking outside the box and not just zeroing in on certain things that can distort our reality and our approach which should be realistic Mm, that was deep. That was deep right you know, there. A lot of people are living their lives in illusion. I have lived my life in illusion for a long time. You know, we are not perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect, none whatsoever. I still have faults. But, you know, I have seen, you know, the change and things that some people are still going through and really shouldn't have to go through. You know, if they just right, zero in, right. you know, and focus, you know, and, and don't let certain things deteriorate them from, you know, what they need to focus on. Right. And you said the primary word, don't deter them from what they need to focus exactly. on. Focus on. So, Greg, it was a pleasure having you on the show. I know whoever is listening or will listen in later has really gained insight on on you as a person and 
on how you see the system. But before I let you go, I know that people want to be able to reach you. So do you have social media or how, how are people able to reach you? I have a social media page, Facebook, named Greg Robinson, Springfield, Illinois. You could, you could, yeah, you can okay, reach me on okay. there. All right, y'all heard on Podcast World, Greg Robin, Greg Robinson. If y'all need to look up the city and state of Springfield, Illinois, y'all can look them up, send them a message, whatever y'all need to do to reach them. Yeah, I just want to add too, uh, you know, any individuals, parents, anything of that nature might be having a. Uh, kids dealing with the criminal justice system, you know, man, believe me, you can get in their ear and deter them from that lifestyle. You just got to stay in communication and, and, you know, individuals like myself, you know, that experience that and share insight or what have you. It's very important because I know it's just nothing but a cycle going on within the such system. You know, it's a sad affair, but it's reality. Right, right. So, I want to thank Greg for coming on the show tonight, giving us some insight, letting us into his world. And I want y'all to be on the lookout for another episode with Tasha C. And it's number love, peace. And until next time, we'll talk to you later.